Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and yes we are in season two y'all and y'all know how we do it. I think I've kind of set that precedent so a lot of y'all are letting me know you enjoy my poems so I'm going to read one tonight and it is called Soulmate. Here we go. Oh, my book of poetry is entitled (laughs) Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And I am your host, Teresa Reese, as well as author Teresa Reese. Here we go. It was so much harder loving you, but even harder to let you go. I thought it was unconditional until the conditions took us through ups and downs, downs and outs. You promised to always be around. But when I look, you aren't there. Not quite far, but not quite near. I cannot change the path you chose. It was better, I suppose. I have to think positive or my heart will hurt again. You were my equal on different levels and yet my opposite too. I haven't seen or met a person who's quite like you. Some say soulmate, others say not, but my heart says that you really were the only one I've ever loved, but you're no longer here. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing, blessed morning, evening, or afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So, y'all know me, I love to talk, so let me get started. (laughs) Here we go. There are so many reasons why as a single person, it would be easier for me to hope to remain single as opposed to remarry, especially at the age of 47 years old. Now, that's if I were to listen to the opinions and thoughts of others. However, I realize at this age how unproductive that would be. And so I listen to the one constant voice that I know will never leave me or forsake me. You see... I understand that I didn't place the desire to remarry inside of my own self. However, just like a seed, it was planted there. Marriage is a ministry. And apparently, God believes that this ministry dwells inside of me. So, instead of trying to lean on my own understanding or even the understanding of others, I'm choosing to trust him. I'm choosing to trust the process, no matter how unorthodox it may seem to others. The fact of the matter is, I am enjoying this process. I really am. (laughs) It has been so very enlightening along the way. 
Yes, I have found myself living out loud. And to be quite frank with you, I'm loving it. Did you know that there is something liberating in just enjoying the process? Not trying to figure it all out, but enjoying the actual journey. I know, I know. <laughs> While I'm on this podcast, I tend to stumble on my words at times. I am so very loud. I laugh a lot. I am silly as all get out. And guess what? I love all of it because I love all of me. I absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, love me. I love all of my quirks. I love all of my silliness. I love to make people smile and I love to make people laugh even when they're laughing at me. I just love seeing people happy. I want them to feel some of what I feel quite often. And that's joy, that unspeakable joy. Did you know that there will be people in this world in your lifetime who will be angry with you because after all they've done to try to dim your light, you still have joy. Now, I know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the air and high places. I get it. And despite all of that, you still wish them well. You still pray for them with a pure heart. You still want the very best for them. Even if the very best for them doesn't include you. Did you know that there are people who will try to make an honest situation appear to be a dishonest one just because they can't stand to see you winning? Crazy part is you may not even know that you're winning. You might not have a clue that you're winning. You're just simply being your authentic self. But to them, that's being extra and you're still winning. And that's a problem for them. So many times in my past, I used to truly get caught up on who didn't like me and why they didn't like me. I'm talking about I would stay up late Asking God, what did I do to them, Lord? Why are they not speaking to me all of a sudden? What did I say? <laughs> what did I do? What could I do different? I was literally consumed with people pleasing. But now, at age 47, whatever you feel about me, it's none of my business, literally. Because the fact of the matter remains, when I get ready to take my last breath on this earth, the people who hated me, those who couldn't stand me, those who never liked me, 
those people, they're not going to be the ones that come to my mind. In fact, quite the opposite will happen. I'll be thinking about the people who loved me until I took my very last breath on this side of heaven. My desire would be to be surrounded by the people who meant me every bit of earthly good. My desire will be to laugh with those people who when they said, I love you, my entire soul and spirit felt it. I'm going to want to be surrounded by those people who when I didn't know if whether or not I would ever see them again because I didn't even know if the first tumor that was found in my brain was unto death. Those people who rallied around me and asked the world to corporately pray for me on my behalf, who toiled, who reached out to churches and said, this single mother of six children has a tumor in her brain and asked strangers to pray for me and didn't rest and didn't stop praying and are still praying to this day after finding out that I have another tumor in my brain that God will reverse whatever it is. Those are the people that I'm going to desire to thank them over and over again for never giving up on me. Those are the people that I will desire to hug one last time. Those are the people who I will want to sit and have coffee with one last time to spend my last waking moments with one last time. See, it's not hatred, discord, strife, jealousy, anger, indifference, bitterness, misery, or wickedness that conquers all. No, it's not. And it never will be. It's love, L-O-V-E, that conquers all. <laughs> That's what stands the test of time. It has and it always will. Love. The very thing that so many people take for granted. It's a gift to be loved unconditionally by a person. Did you know that? Did you know that an infant can pass away if they don't feel the love of their mother? Did you know that? Did you know that love is vital and critical? Period. Love. Therefore, it does me and it does you a disservice to spend our energy feeding something that is already dead. Why not feed something that is always alive? Why not choose love? Why? It's as if there are times that people 
because they know the power of love that subconsciously maybe or something it could be consciously where they opt to take love away in hopes that you'll suffer in hopes that you'll die in hopes that you won't breathe again without them you know that is a form of abuse right that's unhealthy that's not wise that's operating in indifference. That's operating in bitterness. That's operating in misery. That's operating in wickedness. When you're doing it with the intent of destroying an individual. Now, it's one thing for you to guard your heart and protect your temple. It's another for you to do it just out of sheer meanness. I'm not going to show you love because I want you to rot. I'm not going to show you love because I want you to suffer. That's not even a pure heart. That's wickedness. But why? Why do anyone like that? <laughs> In their song that says what the world needs now is love, sweet love, something like that. Love is always necessary. And it doesn't have to be an erotic love. There's so many. I think there's eight different versions of love. Pick one. Just love. Choose love. But choose something that will always live. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes we may find ourselves seeming and feeling as if it's easier to do the opposite of love. However, love offers everlasting rewards. We lost our dog on Mar um oh Jesus on May, not March, May the 12th. We loved our dog. We still remember how much our dog loved us so whenever we're having a hard day we reminisce on the love that we shared with him to get us through those moments of grief love is powerful love is so very powerful so guess what i choose to continue to love my enemies I'll continue to love those who can't stand me, who wish me ill, who plot to destroy me, even when they aren't even a thought in my mind. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone really having this energy, this energy where they they just don't like you or they just can't stand you? You don't know them. You don't know anything about them. But it's like the thought of you makes them cringe. Why is that? Could it be that you're operating in love and they're not familiar with that? So they don't know how to feel about you. And it seems like the, the immediate response is, I just can't stand her. I just can't stand him. Why? Because you're operating in love. Love covers a multitude of sins, honey. That's the best energy ever. Love. Yeah. But guess what? 
It doesn't even matter if they can't stand you. It doesn't even matter if they don't like you. It doesn't even matter if they don't wish you well. It doesn't even matter if they want to destroy you. Because if God be for you, it is more than the whole world against you. Do you know how many people are in this world? So if God be for you, it is more than the whole world against you. I'll take my chances because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, <laughs> even when man fails me, God won't. He loves me. He loves you too. And it's his love that lives and breathes in me. I can't do it on my own. According to man, I shouldn't have made it past one brain surgery, let alone two, not because of where it was located but God yeah he has never let me down he has never lied to me he has never deceived me he has never wanted any harm to come near my dwelling he has never wanted any harm to come near my children he has never wanted any harm to come near my family or my friends he has never wanted any harm. He's never wished it on me. He's never thought it on me. I'll take God for 100, Alex. <laughs> In fact, his word tells me, for I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of good, not of evil. To bring you to a prosperous and hopeful end. That's Jeremiah 29 11. That was the very first scripture that I recited in my mind over and 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 over again as I prepped for my first brain surgery, December the 16th of 2011. I kept reciting that over and over again until I got it into my spirit, until I got it into my soul that God's thoughts toward me are good. His will is for me to live and not die. I kept that in the forefront of my mind. I meditated on it both day and night until it became reality to me. Until I could see his thoughts toward me being good. Till I could see his thoughts toward me allowing me to live. Allowing me to see my children grow up. Allowing me to see my children graduate from college. Allowing me to see my children become these young, beautiful, vibrant adult beings. I saw it because I spoke it. And when I spoke it, I believed it, that his thoughts toward me were and always will be good. Always. I trust him. I trust his promises. And I trust that the joy that he has placed on the inside of me 
despite everything that I've been through, despite every trap that was set, despite every betrayal that has happened, despite every lie that has been spoken to me, despite every lie that has been spoken on me, despite every lie that has been, been spoken against me, I trust him and his promises that he will never leave me, that he will never fail me, that his word will be proven true and every man's word proven a lie. I trust him. The gift that he has placed inside of my heart, joy, love, peace, kindness, meekness, self-control, the gifts of the spirit. He did that. I heard somebody say one day, don't be mad at me. Be mad at the person that created me. Because the ideas that he's placed and downloaded inside of me, that's what he did for me, through me, has nothing to do with me at all. I'm just literally a vessel choosing to be obedient. He has no respecter of persons. The love that he has for me, he has for you. The love that he has for you, he has for me. He's just that good. So I opt because he's blessed me the way that he's blessed me and he's given me this joy, this unspeakable joy. He's given me the tools to love the unlovable. He's given me the tools to love those who despitefully use me or try to anyway. He's given me the tools to be able to see past all of those things and to love them like he loves them. That's a gift. And so despite everything that I've been through, since he has blessed me with that gift inside of my heart, I know he doesn't want me to be selfish with it. I know he wants me to share it. I know he wants me to share it with the world. And I know that as I pour into your cup, he is going to restore me and pour into my cup. Choose love. If you don't know him, try him. Choose God. Choose better. Choose peace. This is going to conclude this portion of my episode. However, for those of you that don't know, what I try to do at the close of my episodes, I try to read a letter or a poem, whatever's laid on my heart, to my future hubby. And if you don't know how this came about, I was inspired to create the Dear Future Hubby podcast because I am a divorced single mother of six beautiful children, wouldn't change them for the world. And I am now single again. And because I'm single again, I wanted to chart this journey because I wanted other single women to know you're not alone, honey. 
I have my highs and lows just like you. I go through grief just like you. I've experienced heartache just like you. I've experienced disappointment, failed relationships. But just because I've experienced those failed relationships just like you doesn't make us failures. God can use whoever, whenever he chooses. And he doesn't need our permission to do it. I'm just a willing vessel. Be encouraged. So I'm about to read this letter to my future hubby. It's actually a poem. So it's written on today. Today's date is May 28, 2021. My name is Teresa Reese, and this is my poem entitled My Strong Tower. Here we go. Dear future hubby, every time I begin a letter with the words, dear future hubby, I feel as if I am drawing you closer and closer to me. I must admit, this keeps my heart smiling. I don't know the time, the date, or even the hour, but writing these letters to you has drawn me closer to my strong tower. He has helped me to see you in ways unimaginable, in ways that can only be seen through his eyes. The essence of your handsomeness is beautiful and will be before me in time. I'll wait as has been proven that you will be well worth it. Every part of me loving every part of you. Every part of you loving every part of me. The way that God intended. In the meantime, I will continue to hold you close to my heart, dreaming of you when I am asleep, missing you while we are apart. Apart physically, yet so connected spiritually. I know God will order your steps so that soon you will find me. However, my soon may not be his soon. So I'll continue to wait on him and allow the love I have for you to deepen. You are a breath of fresh air. I know this part won't be a dream because he created you. He created you just for me. And God knows exactly who I need. Until we meet face to face, I'll write these letters to you, future hubby. While God arranges our union through and by his grace. I love you, love, Teresa. Now this is going to conclude this episode. So please do me a huge favor Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.